This is Tori Huster, and you're listening to Follow Your Spirit. We have started recording. Wonderful. Timothy Lawson here, co-host of Follow Your Spear, along with my colleague Jordan Small. Jordan, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. Let me tell you, it's, uh, you know, I, I know we were all disappointed by the 2-1 loss, which I called, by the way. Uh, I know we were all disappointed by the 2-1 loss, but I think we all came out of there pretty hopeful. Um, and those hopes came to fruition uh, with a 2-1 win over Orlando. Yeah, I mean... Can't can't complain with that. Nice turnaround. No, exactly right. So uh, let's let's start with um, yeah. Let's start with game recap. I suppose uh, you were at the game. I was not. Um, tell me about uh, tell me about what you saw on the field that maybe people weren't seeing on the highlight reel. Yeah, um, I thought the first half was a bit slow. Kind of both teams trying to figure out what the rhythm they wanted to get into would be. Um, I really liked Quinn and Sullivan in the midfield. I thought that they both had flashes of being very productive. Um, Quinn, I think, had a bit of an injury towards the end of the, the first half that kind of hampered some of her abilities but overall I thought those two players really um were a nice bright spot in in that first half and that second half was a different story um very much like the Seattle game where you brought in a couple subs that just made a world of difference um Maggie Doherty Howard after not playing very well in the first game didn't start um, on Saturday, came in and just played like Maggie Doherty Howard. I mean, yeah. she did what she does best, making some nice passes. And uh, yeah, I thought that I thought she really stood out for me in the the second half. Yeah, I think um, you know, I, I think that that's uh, that's a part of um, we don't see it's all like, we don't see it. Uh, it's not predictable, I don't think, but we do see consistency in in Jim Gabera's decision to uh, take a a underperformer, put him on the bench, and let that be um, let, and, and make them work again for their spot. And and I think uh, I think Maggie was proving that she deserves to be uh, starting. Not that uh, Salon is uh, not d- deserving of starting either, but um, I think that uh, I think that was a nice. Um, uh, nice way to to get Maggie to fired up, if you will. Yep. Um, Joanna Loman again comes in fifty six minutes. Tell me what we saw from Grandma. I mean, you know, another solid outing from her. Uh, she was the last person off the field um, on Saturday. She was very gracious with her time after the game. Um, you know, just- is there any, is there anybody in? Is there anybody in soccer um, that, or anybody in the NWSL, anyways, that appreciates being on this platform and being in this in this league any more than Joanna Loman? Absolutely not. And that was something that we kind of touched on was just like nobody is happier to be on the field right now than her, and it's great to see. And even if she's not producing, which she is. Um, it would still be an incredible feat that she's out there right now. 
I mean, yeah. all the odds were against her to come back from this. And here she is two games in when she wasn't even supposed to be ready till like late April. And she's playing like she always has uh, at a high level with a ton of confidence and making the people around her better. And she had an amazing quote after the game. Um, our buddy Jen Gordon asked her about um, what she saw her role being on this team. And, you know, Joe came out and, and was very classy in her response. And she said, just someone who allows other players to be better. I'm definitely not the best player on the team, and I never will be. And I just want to do the dirty work and the grit that allows other people around or the other players around me to be their best. And you know what? That shows that she is the true heart and soul of this team and is a great leader. And I I put that up on Twitter because I just thought whether this makes it into a an article or not, she needs to be highlighted for that because what a what a great response. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, you know, two, two years ago when we when when I was interviewing uh, players each week, um, you know, we sort of talked, uh, you know, I always asked them, like, tell me about a, a, a player that you have chemistry with on and off the field. And, you know, tell me about an unsung hero. Tell me about leadership. And somewhere in one of those answers was always Joanna Loman. Yeah. Joanna Loman made always made it into one of those answers, whether it be someone that they had chemistry with on the field, off the field, a member of leadership, an unsung hero. Someone always viewed Joanna Loman in that inspiring and positive light. And I think that uh, I think that that is showing true even this year with such a different squad. Yeah, I mean that's the kind of player that you need around, especially in a year like this. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's, let's go line by line uh, real quick. I want to get your thoughts on sort of uh, what you thought of the starting choices and then the performance. Uh, back line, Johnson, Smith, Didasco, Church. How do you feel about her defense? Yeah, so um, when this lineup came out, I was a bit surprised just because I thought Quinn was coming back. She was going to play um, in Church's spot. But I was pleasantly surprised with how how this back line ended up playing. Um, now, granted, they weren't going against an Alex Morgan or a Marta, but I mean, Sydney Larue is no slouch, and I really thought that they played well as a unit. They fixed some of those issues that haunted them against uh, Seattle last week. So I was I was happy with their performance. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they can fix their mistakes from the first time they played North Carolina a few weeks back, heading into uh, this upcoming game against the Courage. Uh, going to the uh, middle of the field, uh, Salon Sullivan Quinn start. Uh, MDH comes in at the 68th minute uh, for Salon. Loman comes in at the 56th minute uh, for Quinn. What do we think of the, the starting line there and the sub choices? Yeah, I mean – I was very excited about this midfield choice. I thought it gave a good attack slash defensive role. And then Havana Salon was kind of tasked with giving a bit of width to the midfield just because of the way they were playing in the shape. Um, Rebecca Quinn, according to Jim Gabar, had a little bit of something wrong with her hip. 
Um, about halftime, they decided to make the change. She played a little bit longer after that, but um, Joe came in. I thought she did a great job. But um, the player of the game in there was Maggie for me. I thought she came in and, and really had a great performance. And if you look at the second goal, Ashley Hatch's goal, her pass up to Mallory Pugh on the side was just a thing of beauty. And it, it proves her, her strengths are in her passing. Uh, Frontline then, uh, Hatch, Pew, Ordega, um, what do we think of what we saw from our, our starting forwards? Yeah, I mean, I thought they did a good job of combining. Um, talked after the game a bit with some people, and, and we really think that Franny might be best suited as a sub just because she doesn't really have the same or the playing style that fits in best with Hatch and Pew but with Benini out it the natural choice was to put Ordega in there um, I wouldn't be surprised if next week we did see Salon move up and Quinn to the back line um, and change a little bit up in maybe the formation but uh, overall pretty happy with it Mallory Pew and Ashley Hatch both scored so can't get much better than that and then Mallory Eubanks comes in makes her pro debut and immediately contributes on the Ashley Hatch goal she yeah was a beast in the three minutes that she saw yeah uh yeah you mentioned the the goals uh Mallory Pugh in the uh 80th minute Ashley Hatch um uh given the uh the assist on that Ashley Hatch got her own goal then in the 88th minute no one uh no one given the dime on that play um man so I first I saw hat so this is the order in which I saw things I saw Hatch's um goal on replay and then I happened to just not see Pew's goal and then I saw that Pew was up for goal of the week and that Hatch wasn't. And my first thought was like, oh, that's like Hatch got snubbed. And then I saw Pew's goal and I was like, never mind. Uh, Pew well-deserving of that. Um, wait, does it, I mean, tell me about the feeling at the Plex when Mallory Pew opens the season at home uh, with a goal. And, and I think it's almost poetic because, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, the transaction that got Allie Krieger out of Washington led to the acquisition of Mallory Pugh. Krieger was one of the defenders that tried to get on Mallory on that, uh, that, uh, that goal. And Mal puts it between the legs and opens the, the season with a goal at the Plex. I think it's kind of poetic. Am I right? That, that's how the transactions worked out, right? Yeah, and, and I think... Just it was very interesting to see how that whole thing went down. Um, like you mentioned, she beats Allie Krieger down the side. Uh, then Shalina Zadorsky comes over to try and help on the defense, and then she nutmegs Ashlyn Harris. It was like <laughs> she just knocked off one after another after another former Spirit player, and it was it was nice to see. But going back to the original question, um, the the plex kind of just was a sigh of relief almost because. Yeah the tension was building and building as it got farther along because both teams were 
like a pass or two away from really having quality shots. And um, a little bit before that, Franny had gotten a really good opportunity in the first half. And that was kind of the best chance of the day. And so it was, we were just waiting and waiting. And then all of a sudden Mallory Pugh unleashes a monster goal, um, almost identical to her uh, first pro goal um, last year against Boston, I believe. So it was, it was pretty cool to see. And like I said, just kind of like a sigh of relief, but also just jubilation over the fact that, wow, we there's a chance that the Spirit might actually win this thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, 80th minute, it's a long time to wait for uh, for a team that uh, that holds so much promise to, to, to finally uh, get one through. Um, reported attendance, 4,989. Did it feel like that? Yeah, I mean, it was packed. There was a ton of people there. Great energy. It's the middle of the day. It's it's pretty warm out. Um, it, it was a great environment, and it's always nice when you get a bunch of press out there because the excitement just builds and and press row is is filled and it was it was fun. I yep. definitely had a good time, and I had an ice cream. So oh, oh now I'm jealous. Now <laughs> I'm jealous. I was gonna take a picture, and then after I was done, I'm like. Crap, I didn't take a picture. You're like, I'm going to take a picture. First, I'm going to eat my ice cream. Oh, wait, never mind. I was supposed, <laughs> supposed to take the picture before I eat the ice cream. Um, looking at the, the stat summary, uh, possession, Washington 47, uh, Orlando 53. Um, both had 14 shots. Shots on goal. Washington only had three shots on goal. I think that, uh, that speaks to sort of the, um, the the what you were talking about and just waiting for, for an opportunity. Uh, Orlando with four shots on goal. Um, Aubrey Bledsoe got four saves on the game, which doesn't seem like much, but it keeps her at the top of the league after two games uh, with 14 saves. The cl- next closest is Betos with uh, uh, with eight. So uh, Aubrey Bledsoe showing uh, early on her value in the acquisition of her. Uh, the Spirit only got two corner kicks, uh, something that that we addressed um, at the end of last year and over the offseason. That's something that they they weren't able to create a lot of corner kick opportunities. Orlando ended up getting seven, but couldn't make any anything happen. Uh, and then uh, fouls and offsides were pretty even as well. Um, I mean, what do you what do you think on corner kicks? Is is that a, a reason of is, is it an area of concern, or just maybe the the spirit style isn't feeding into that yet? I mean, I think that this could just be my imagination, but I really feel like they got a lot of throw-ins deep in in the offensive third so it could just be you know they're getting shots off but they're going out for goal kicks or they're getting deep throw-ins so it might just be kind of uh like late luck for the other team but I wouldn't be too concerned about it I think the the more the farther they get into the season, the more they'll get. But the thing to keep an eye on really is to see how many goals they get off of the corner kicks that they do get. Because I think that is a more telling stat just to see how productive those uh, free kick opportunities are. Yeah. Um, the a, 
uh, sort of the leading story going into this match uh, that we definitely need to want to mention is that uh, Tori Huster was honored for the milestone of 100th NWSL regular season appearance. Uh, although we did not see her play a minute in this game. Uh, did Jim address that at all? Yeah, he said uh, kind of just the same thing he's been saying for a bit, just trying to limit her minutes. Um didn't get a full preseason, so kind of just still bringing her up and, and making sure they're not rushing her too much. Yeah, okay. Uh, and then I know you mentioned you're just, you guys are talking to Joe. Uh, I know you guys talked to Jim. Did you get, did you get, a chance to any, get a chance to talk to any other players? Yep, we talked to uh, Estelle after the game and Ashley Hatch. Um, Estelle was just talking about how she likes the direction that they're going in and, and really is excited because she sees a lot of potential in it and was happy with the way they played as a, as a backline group. And Ashley Hatch, you know, very excited to score her first goal with the team and, and feels like they're coming along nicely. Yeah. Um, Mallory Pugh, Aubrey Bledsoe earn uh, nominations for goal and save of the week. Mallory Pugh goes on to be named uh, NWSL player of the week. Uh, feels nice to see uh, after a season where it seemed like we never saw, uh, you know, spirit players on those, uh, those, those votes and those, uh, those nominations. Uh, and the only time we did is when, when Steph LeBay was just desperately trying to keep us in the game. Uh <laughs> Kind of nice after Joe last week. This week we get Pew and then Bledsoe on a save. Um, I have a feeling we're going to see the spirit in that mix more often. Yeah, I mean, talented roster this season. Um, you know, a lot of well-known faces, and I think that kind of has a bit to do with some of the things. But if they can keep churning out goals, um, highlight real goals come along very easily for this team it seems so um excited about it and i'm super glad that mallory Pugh won player of the week because she was all over the place yeah uh jordan spirit coverage.com slash merch is where people can uh can cop some some t-shirts that we have i know people are patiently waiting for the first design of the season uh we've already gotten some suggestions and ideas from yes. people we think we might know maybe the first design we're going to go for but uh you know as we mentioned before jordan this is all dependent on if the player is interested because i'm I'm even even without using their name or likeness, I'm not going to do anything themed on a player without you know their interest in it, um, because you know most of the you know the the point of all this is for this to end up benefiting some organization or some other effort, um, and so should we should the players that we have in mind, Jordan, be interested? We're definitely going to move forward uh, move forward there. But um, if you haven't gotten yourself a Tory Houston, Estelle Johnson, Joe Hawk shirt quite yet spiritcoverage.com slash merch through the end of through the end of friday if you use promo code og100 celebrating tory's 100th cap um you can get free shipping on your order on all of it not just the not just the og23 stuff but anything in the store free uh free shipping uh go nuts um jordan uh we we're skipping a week uh nothing this week um Come back to the Plex on the 14th uh, to face North Carolina Courage, uh, who 
kind of kind of jabbed us in the in the shoulder a little bit uh, in the preseason. I'm not going to say it was much more than that because it was a preseason game, um, but uh, still proved that they uh, that they're they're a team to reckon with. Um, how do you uh, you know? What do you think? I, I will preview this a little more deeper next week, so I don't get too much of this, but just sort of a a, a long shot look. Um, if you're Jim Gabera, what are some of the things that you're you're having your team train for? I mean, I think the biggest thing is just the back line. Um, that was kind of what caused a lot of the issues in their first meeting, um, because there was just unfamiliarity with people. And I think once they start playing together more and getting familiar with each other, everything's just going to fall in line. And uh, it's no different with this this upcoming week. Um, North Carolina is very good and has the potential to once again run the table. But I, I would not be surprised if this is closer than than the previous game yeah i think um look they're they're um they're two and oh they got six points um and that's really all that matters in the end but uh they beat portland one zero they beat sky blue one zero um and you know those teams don't suck but those teams also uh aren't uh, you know haven't proven any sort of eliteness quite yet either right? right so um i think it's i think that uh this should give assurance that that north carolina can be slowed down um and i think the spirits um probably more so than the two teams i just mentioned um i mean well, I, I mean i guess i guess portland did put up uh three against chicago but um i think the spirit have proved that they uh, that they can score right so um i think that uh I, I expected a high scoring game out of that one. So um, patreon.com slash follow your spirit, Jordan. That's where people can go to support the show. uh, And more importantly, uh, get some access to some premium content, including spirit small talk. Yes. Um, And I, it was, it's the first time we've done that. And it it seemed like everything worked the way it was supposed to work. Kelly said it works. All right. Perfect. Well, if Kelly says it works, we, we believe it works. Darn it. Um, tell me about, uh, tell the listeners that aren't familiar with, with spirit small talk. I know we, we only did it for a couple months last year, but, um, tell them what sort of you go, what is spirit small talk? Why would they be interested in it? Yes. So, um, after games, I do my written recaps. Those are up pretty quickly, but, uh, spirit small talk is an opportunity for me to go a little bit more in depth on my thoughts. Uh, get to hear, audio most of the time from post-game press conferences and just get uh, a different look than just the written recap because I feel like those can be very cut and dry and I think um, I try and and go a little bit more in depth in the podcasts. Yeah, very cool. Um, I like that. 
I, I'm sure there will be uh, so to, so right after this, Jordan, uh, people are going to hear an interview that that uh, that I'll have with uh, with Tori Houston. Um, that whatever I record with Tori will be put in its entirety um, in in whatever people are here. But I think maybe moving forward, maybe I'll maybe get a couple questions to throw in there to include in the premium content. Uh, of the Patreon uh, and any Patreon, any Patreon supporter at three dollars or more, whether you, whether you have the three dollar um, uh, level, uh, which is available, or the very popular, um, uh, what, what do you call it, the Shirt Club, yeah. six dollars, and um, that's essentially if you're part of the Shirt Club, uh, you're guaranteed to get um, you you'll, you'll automatically get a shirt that we design, whether you like it or not. Yeah, you get one. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so that's uh, people are, people are digging that. Uh, Jordan, I believe you and I will probably uh, briefly do this again next week to cover any news in the spirit realm, as well as uh, do a little deeper dive preview on spirit hosting North Carolina. Tori Huster, OG 23. Congratulations, by the way, on 100 caps. Very exciting. Thank you. It was um, definitely an honor to individually achieve that. Um, I think in a team sport, it's often hard unless you're scoring goals, but I'm, I was very happy to have been selected for this club to play a hundred games and hopefully there's many more to come. Hopefully. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to, uh, to celebrate your 200th. Uh, appearance. <laughs> oh, <gosh. laughs> uh, How old am I going to be? <laughs> I, I don't know. Joanna Loman looks like she might see 200 appearances. So, uh, oh, I wouldn't be surprised if anyone would do it to be Joe. Yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure uh, one of these years we're going to hear, all right, 43-year-old Joanna Loman <laughs> yeah. taking the field for the spirit. Because uh, she'll still be in Washington though. somehow, too. Yeah. Let's start with Australia. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, tell, so what brings you down there? What benefit do you get uh, both pr- professionally as a player and then maybe even personally as, as being able to uh, to sort of change locations in the offseason? Yeah, um, I think for a number of reasons, it's um, a very inviting place to go. Um, I think it works perfect in conjunction with our league, the timing and everything. Transfer windows are always an issue if you want to go to Europe and whatnot. Um, that's always a struggle for girls in our league to to get over to Europe. Um, I would still love to have that experience, but I am grateful that the Australian league, they have a lot of players coming to our league. So they kind of take that into consideration and um, make the league user friendly, I guess you'd say. Um, And then I think you'd look at Australia as a a country and being near the beach. I was actually in a really beachy, like surfy town. And I think that's kind of what I needed in the off season. I think I, I have been there previously and obviously that was for, for development. And then I missed two years and definitely really, I really missed going to Australia. Um, and the weather there is great too. Um, I basically was in an eternal summer for a couple of years there, but going back there and skipping out on winter is always good. But then this, this past off season, I think it was really just um, about going and trying to get a fresh, a fresh look, because I think, I mean, I've been at the spirit for a very long time and I would never want to feel the monotony at the spirit. So I think going down there, it was definitely um, a good individual thing for me because I was able to be around different people, a different team, different staff, different coach to, um, 
obviously keep developing as a soccer player, but also just, you know, be around different people. I think sometimes that can be really good and really refreshing for you or for me. And um, that's exactly what it was. So coming back here and there's obviously a bunch of new faces. I think um, it was the perfect thing for me this off season. Sure. Well, what kind of, tra- what kind of uh, transitional challenges do you have going from the league here to Australia and back? Um, you know, the league over there is very competitive. Every game like it is here in the NWSL is, is, is a game. Anyone can be anyone at any given time, which I really like about, about the league. Um, the league itself is consisted of a lot of younger players. They don't have the college system like we do. So you'll get some teenagers still in the league. Um, so that can, I wouldn't say that they're not developed because they've been playing in that league for a while, but it's definitely, um, maybe a little bit more about the athleticism and I, I don't know, they're, they're very similar, um, but it's definitely a, a younger league. I would say, even though it's been around longer than the NWSL, there's yeah. definitely a younger audience, I guess you'd say. Okay. Um, so we, we've seen, um, you know, you go to Seattle, which is a very tough place to play. Um, yeah. You know, you don't come away with any points, but I think come away with maybe a, at least a satisfying performance, uh, especially with 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 Joe uh, uh, coming away with a goal. And then you come home, and uh, you know the spirit uh, late in the game put up two and and make the Plex go uh, nuts with a with a goal from Mal and then and then Ash. Um, Tell me, tell me about the vibe in the locker room right now uh, as the Spirit is seeing some early success on the heels of what, was, uh, what seemed to be a lot of expectations, not only from the fans of the league. Yeah, I think, um, I think if there's one word I could use to describe the locker room at the moment would be hungry. I think you saw us in the second half of the Seattle game have a really good response, even being 2-0 down. I think we had the better of the second half and we had definitely a bunch of chances we probably could have put away. And then I think we kind of went off on the right foot in Seattle and we were able to get a good week of training in. We upped the intensity, upped the hunger, um, just were very competitive with each other at training. And I think that led well into the game against Orlando. Um, And then we also finished our chances. So I thought that was really good. Um, I think it's great to see um, Ashley get a, get a goal. Um, and also I think it's, it was a, it was a good response from us once we had the goal from Mal to then keep going and get another one and just kind of put the game away. I think with a lot of younger players on the team, it doesn't, we don't feel young. I think, um, we definitely have a maturity about us, even though we may be, very very young and have a lot of rookies or whatever I think we have very experienced players still on the field and I think that's been really good but over on the locker room I think we're just we're ready to win we're ready to do whatever it takes to win uh yeah and you mentioned a lot of a lot of young players on the spirit right now um you know obviously we've seen the the production on the pitch but you have a uh you have more experience with the team obviously and in, in training and in, in some other um some other endeavors you guys do together um among the young players both sort of on pitch performance and character wise who who has impressed you um you know i think I think Mal comes off her rookie season and I think she looks mature as ever. I think you watch her with the national team and she looks like she's been there for a number of years. And I think she's definitely carrying that with her when she 
has um, has been here in Washington. Um, she's just beyond her years always. We've always said that. I think Andy comes in with the right attitude. Um, I think she is ready to lead, even though she's a younger player. I think she um, is also a simple player and uh, she can control the tempo, which at a young age is often hard to do once you come into a faster, stronger league. Um, I think she's done really well there. And I think um, just across the board, everyone's kind of willing to to push each other and um, kind of Im- improve themselves, like set the standard themselves and then push everyone around them to, to kind of do better. I think that's, um, that's just, yeah, like I said, across the board, I think everyone is just ready to work. Yeah. What are you, what are you focusing on uh, as a player? I know that you're always trying to grow um, uh, with what you can uh, do on the pitch and, and how to contribute to your team. Is there any, is there any nuance to your skill set that you're especially trying to hone this season? Um, I don't know if there's a nuance per se. Um, I would say that um, at the moment I do, I mean, I do have a lot of experience. So I think sharing that experience, whether it's on the field or off the field, you know, if we go up a couple of goals, how do we get the shutout? Or if we're down a couple of goals, how do we get that one goal and then the next goal? I think sharing that experience will definitely help these younger players. Um, But I think off the field, it's pretty pretty huge too um yeah give us to give be, us an example of that because i think that's something yeah tell us tell us about how you sort of mentor and guide the, the young players when it comes to off-field stuff yeah i would say i would say it more comes from like um a good example being a good example um not so much like yelling and screaming but just <laughs> w- what am i doing as far as the right things am i eating the right things am i doing all of the soft tissue work that and prehab exercises that we do in the morning um in the morning before we even train i oftentimes get there an hour hour 15 before training always utilizing the i mean i'm older but <laughs> but always utilizing our athletic trainer and um strength and conditioning coach just to get the most out of my body that i can yeah. because it is a long season and we're going to take a lot of knocks and we have midweek games and i think kind of passing on that knowledge um from a long standing career um aspect is really important to let some of the younger ones know i mean they can go and go and go all day because they're young but uh, when you're my age or when you're Joe's age, Joe's constantly in the ice bath. She's such a good example there. She takes <laughs> care of her, takes care of her body like nobody's business. And I mean, she's out there yesterday in like 30 degree weather taking an ice bath. And I think it's things like that that can be um, hugely important. You know, a rookie asks a, asks a question, why are you doing this? And I think um, just that knowledge can be um, very powerful and very effective for the whole season to keep people healthy. And, um, you know, it's kind of small percentages of improvements that can be made, but very important. So, uh, we've talked about some, uh, some optimism and some success we've seen from the spirits. Uh, not all teams in the league have been as fortunate in even going, going back before the season started, the Boston breakers, uh, unfortunately dismantling, um, what, as a player that's seen this, this league grow, 
but also face these challenges of relocation and 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 uh, clubs folding. How does that how does that impact sort of how you view the the success of the league? Does it does it still feel like there is upward and onward mobility, or does does uh, something like happen to Boston? Does that feel like too much of a setback? Um, you know, it's tough to say because I I wasn't in that Boston group and. Um, I think that was really, really hard for those players. Um, Katie Stengel was on my team in Australia, and for a couple weeks there, she didn't know if she was going to have a job when she came back. I think what the league has done with those players and doing the dispersal draft and making sure that those players have somewhere to go um, is is very good. I think that it, it is upsetting and disappointing that we lost the team and for all the fans in Boston that, I mean, basically it really sucks for them. Um, maybe that market would come back. I don't know, hopefully, because Boston's a great place, a great city to have soccer. Um, but I think the other thing that we're looking at and that, that I've heard from from the front office through the Players Association, we had a call with the front office trying to always work together, and um, they seem to be in great spirits about where the league is headed. Um, I think they have a number of uh different places and different cities that want to have or different markets that want to have a team. And I think that's always great to hear. And I think maybe every year we're hearing that, but I think the next couple of years could be um, really good to get some more markets and to get the MLS behind everything that we're doing and just to continue to work together. And um, there's some clubs that are really good at all the marketing and stuff. Can they help some of the clubs that aren't so great at it or, um, I think just trying to grow the game and the women's game particularly as much as possible, I think, is is the biggest thing right now. Um, like I said, it's upsetting that Boston is no longer no longer a team in the league. But I think we've done our best with what we can. And um, I feel for those players because it's, it's definitely not, it wasn't a nice feeling for them. But yeah. hopefully they've found a new home and um, are are happy where they are now. Um, you know, other than Boston, what, what what's a market that that maybe you or something you've heard the players, uh, the player association mentioned that you that you feel would be good for the NWSL? Oh, I don't know if I've heard any like particular names. Um, a Vancouver always um, mm. strikes me as interesting. I don't I don't know if Canada would ever bring a team in. I don't know how that would work. I know MLS has Toronto, but that would be kind of cool. Um, but yeah. I I don't know. I don't know enough about that side of soccer and like all of the management and front office stuff. Um, and, and I don't say, know much about that. <laughs> yeah. And now that you say Vancouver and then Toronto, I want to, I think if, if, if Canada cities were an option, I think Toronto would be really interesting. Um, with, yeah. especially with some proximity cool. to other, other teams. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's true. Back, uh, back at the 2018 NWSL draft, the Washington Spirits selected Wake Forest midfielder Maddie Huster. <laughs> uh, tell me how cool it was to see your your sister get uh, get drafted by your team. Yeah, it was so cool. I think I was more nervous about her draft than I was my my own. Um, <laughs> I was in Australia, obviously. <laughs> Obviously, when it happened um, in January, she had just been out to visit me, I think, for almost two weeks. And she was nervous. You could tell, like, any anybody would be. Um, and then she went home and actually watched the draft with my, with my family. But I had to wake up at, like, I don't know, 2 or 3 in the morning. And I was watching the draft at 
two in the morning. And when they called, <laughs> when they called Maddie's name, I, I will admit that I started crying and um, texted her right away that I was super happy, but I'm excited that the the club has enough stock in her and myself that we've actually made it spirit family. Yeah, and, abs- absolutely. Um, yeah, you never know, but maybe we'd step foot on the field together and that would be maybe a first for the NWSL as far as I know. Yeah. Which would be cool. I, uh, I've mentioned a few times on the show that um, I was disappointed that she didn't make the final roster because I, uh, I actually had uh, some cool Maddie Houston uh, t-shirt designs <laughs> in mind. Um, and, oh, cool. Yeah. So uh, when, uh, when, she, when, when she does make that cut, we're ready to promote the yeah. uh, 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 Houston too. Um, Aw, yeah. that's cute. Uh, tell me what, so, you know, we know that, uh, that soccer obviously is first and foremost, that's where your focus is, but, uh, you know, we mm-hmm. know that you support, uh, things outside the league and, and do things in your personal endeavors. Do you have anything going on off the pitch that, uh, that you're excited about right now? Um, right now, a whole lot in the works. I'm kind of, um, I'm kind of in a an idea um, mindset right now where I'm trying to, I'm floating around a lot of these ideas and kind of just trying to feel out what I feel most passionate about right now. Obviously um, I love and support um, the young and brave foundation still, and um, just kind of need to get a good feeling for what's going to be best for myself and them this year. Um, There's always the possibility of doing another fundraiser and auction um, I've done a soccer clinic in the past that helped has helped support them. Um, and then there's, I know that you, I believe you've heard of it, but Tiffany Weimer's brand, uh, Duke Tig, her soccer notebooks. Um, I have been in conversations with her about, uh, trying to get that out there a little bit more. And there's possibility that I could, um, donate a little bit of money back to, a foundation of my choosing, probably yeah. young and brave, um, having sold some of those to, okay. um, different clubs and whatnot out there. So I think the majority of what I try to do off the field is obviously for the good of, um, of other people. Um, and then I think, you know, I'm constantly thinking about what I'm going to be doing after soccer. So I think that always, um, comes into play. And, uh, what I really like to do is, um, be in the health field. So I think just kind of figuring out what avenue is best for me. I think I'm always thinking about that. But right now, there's not too much in the works trying to um, get my feet back under me with this um, intense schedule that we have coming up and uh, trying to keep my focus there for sure. But like I said, it's always there's always things in the back of my head that yeah. we'll see if they ever come to fruition. Sure. Uh, and Tori, most of the listeners know, but just to remind them, they can uh, also support uh, Young and Young and the Brave by uh, by purchasing an OG23 t-shirt. Uh, yes. Yes. And they are some cool shirts. I they love are. the logo. They're like the best one if I'm not biased. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's uh, um, I I. I I change from week to week on which one I think is cooler. I think it depends on uh, the mood I'm in, but um Yeah, yeah Estelle's the, is pretty cool too. I love that side tackle. It's yeah. like for token, for sure. Yeah. Well, a lot of people don't know about that and I've told her, but I don't know if I've told uh the public. The the brush strokes that are underneath it are actually a nod to Japanese art. Um because mm. because my cool. designer noticed on her Instagram that she called herself the slide tackle ninja. 
And so, <laughs> and so that's 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 what we had the slide tackle with the brush stroke. There is supposed to be, yeah, it was like a nod to that statement of first thing. Excuse the slide tackle. Yeah, tackle I like, yeah, I like that. That's Thanks. like cool to slip that in there. Yeah. Um, so we have, uh, one more question. Uh, this one coming okay. from Jen Scott uh, over at the Spirit Squadron. Uh, she wants to know uh, an important lesson that you've learned from from team sports in your life. Oh, let's see. There are so many lessons to learn. Um, let's see. An important lesson, I think. I think that it would probably be um, how to ask for help. I think that's not something that comes easily to me. Um, I think that maybe in another life I would have played an individual sport. Um, but I think working together as a group and even, um, even asking those that are older than me or that have a quality that I would like to have better myself. I think it's, I mean, it's a vulnerable thing to go up and ask them for their help. But I think everyone that I've ever approached and, and asked a question or anything has always been so helpful. And they like, they want to give you that advice. They want to give you and share and pass on their knowledge. And I think that's been something that's just been really impressive over the years that um, for all of the girls that came before me or that I've played with that have been older than me, they've, they've always just wanted to help and um, been so willing to to give up and, and share their knowledge. I think it's been a really special thing and obviously creates bonds and forms friendships that will last for a really long time. So yeah. I've been grateful for that. Jen's follow to that is how much do you love the spirit squadron? <laughs> I love them too much. If that's possible. <laughs> I, uh, I think, I think it is possible. And I think many of us uh, feel the same way. Um, yeah, something I just great. some a, a curious question I have that I, that I thought of today that um that I've, um we know we see like uh, like with the fundraisers fundraisers you put on and and other fundraisers that other people put on that like sometimes jerseys mm-hmm. are available from players. What sort of agency do you have over the jerseys that you guys play with? Are those do you are you allowed to like are those yours? Are they the spirits and you're granted to keep one or two of them? How, how does that work? Um, so with the spirit specifically, they have been given a number of jerseys, and I think they always have maybe an over allotment of them um, mm. to do the the different um, competitions they do on Twitter and whatnot. And um, they donated the jerseys to me that I had last year and the year before. Um, And I just asked them, I think I did a Mallory one in in my own last year, maybe Caprice and Shalina too, if I remember correctly. Um, So I just asked and um, some of the girls wanted to do their jersey so that they could help promote, promote it. And um, so that's kind of for spirit. The other ones, um, I just honestly sent out an email to the players association and people who responded that wanted to donate stuff, sent it in themselves. uh, Last year, I mean, a lot of it was um, boots that had been worn, which a lot of people really liked. I don't know why, because I'm sure they're so stinky, but um, the Jersey specifically, (laughs) I would assume that it's from, it's the ones that you have yourself that people have donated unless it was the club donating. So like Seattle rain donated um, one of the jerseys last year themselves as a club and had all the girls sign it. But 
the, some of the jerseys that I've donated in the past have been my own that I wore previously that I was given um, after the season was finished. Yeah. What, does that we, answer your question? <laughs> it, yes, it does. Well, the reason why I okay. ask is I, I have a, you know, I, I have a, a nice home here and I have my office. And one of the things mm-hmm. that's missing from my office is a women's soccer jersey for the wall. Um, and mm-hmm. I, whether or not you uh, end up doing a fundraiser at the end of the year, if you can, uh, I don't know, I don't know how many times you've done a fundraiser twice now. And I think you've had a jersey yeah. in there each time, I think so, right? Yeah. If you if you don't end up doing a fundraiser, but you still have a jersey that you can use, um, mm-hmm. whatever the highest uh, bidder you had at either of those two, I will match that plus another twenty bucks if I can get that jersey. Wow, that is awesome! Yeah. Um, I have tons of spirit stuff, believe it or not, so I might be able to scrounge up a jersey. And if it's one that you like, okay, I will definitely put that one forward. If you like the one from this year, I will what i can do about getting you one of those but that would be really awesome yeah so if if you do the fundraiser i'll just outbid whoever <laughs> whoever is uh I'll, I'll i'll go that route but if you don't end up doing a fundraiser i still want to get my hands on a tory houston jersey from my office and that's that's my offer for the uh for the jersey all right i think that's a pretty good offer so right. i will definitely do what i can for you very cool tory houston thank you so much for joining me it's always a pleasure talking to you no, it's, it's my pleasure.